At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends. This is Victoria Lowry with a new hype show on education. Here we go. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group educational resources to help reach your goals. I've been a guest on many radio shows, but this is my first time as a radio host. This means we may be doing some growing together, but I promise it will be fun. Today will be great, for sure, because I am joined by the New Heights founder and director herself, Pamela Clark. Hello, Pamela. Hello. Thank you for having me on today, and welcome. We're happy to have you as a host. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I'm I'm excited to be with New Heights and excited to start this today. Um, so you want to go ahead and start by sharing with us a lot about the organization? Sure. First, um, well, New Heights is a hidden gem in the educational world. We have uh, a diverse selection of educational services for children and adults. Uh, including a library, online classes, one-on-one tutoring, and in-person classes. Much of this is available at little to no cost. We also have we also offer student leadership groups for youth from all educational backgrounds to join and develop their leadership skills. And these are national organizations. We provide support for families dealing with disabilities. There um, are field trips and other types of opportunities um, to create lifelong friendships. And we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization made up of many volunteers, um, and they have a genuine passion for helping others. Right now we have 75 volunteers, I believe, uh, from all wow. over the world. Yeah, I know, right? From all over the world. And... 
Um, we were recently named winner of the Silver Stevie Award and the American Business Award um, as the organization of the year in nonprofit or government category. And, the, and um, you can connect with us either by visiting our website at newheightseducation.org, emailing us at newheightseducation at yahoo.com, or calling us at 419-786-0247. And please remember to leave a message. <laughs> okay, that's great. Some more of that information is in the episode information. If if people missed any of it, they can check it there. So, um, yeah, how long has New Heights been around, Pamela? Um, it was started June first, two thousand and six, and that was after about three years of me helping families. Uh, in another group, with, and I was um, a member of a charter school back then and left the charter uh-huh. school and sat down with some other parents, and it kind of all just kind of fell into place after that. Well, great things, and I'm happy to be part of it. I first heard about you on LinkedIn. I know you have a good, strong social media presence, and so maybe we should go ahead and share a little bit about my background too, you think? So I, like I said, I met about met you on LinkedIn. Uh, My my background is really multifaceted. Uh, After college, I did some marketing work until 2001, when I became Mrs. Ohio that year. Uh, At the end of my year, I found myself hosting a cable television talk show. It was filmed at the Shelby County Fairgrounds in Sydney, Ohio. It was really fun. We just covered the Shelby County Fair. That was our biggest show, I should say. And I got to interview some really awesome 4-H kids, also a lot of politicians, regional, local, and statewide politicians, and some pretty famous singers came through the fair, too. We were lucky to get Daryl Worley the year that his hit Patriotic song came out. I'm remembering the name of the song right now, but uh, they always play it around 9-11. And I got to interview Janie Fricky. Um, then I became CEO of the local Chamber of Commerce in that area, and I progressed through to becoming ultimately the CEO of our State Professional Association for Chamber Executives. And, and I, enjoyed, I enjoyed that work really just a whole bunch, and it was nice to do things for businesses and develop their presence in the world. But for me, I always had this underlying observation of human relationships seemed to be where my perspective was. And I remember talking to a man I considered a mentor. His name was Dr. Paul Marion, and he was the president of Tiffin University at the time. And he told me that 80% of his day was spent on people matters, like settling disputes. And that that comment really struck me, uh, struck me a lot. He mostly utilized his soft skills every day. That's what he utilized the most. And this really helped to shape my view of the importance of relationship skills. So six years ago, I left the business world and have dedicated myself since then to maximizing human happiness 
and success through relationship awareness. I've published several books, and I do one-on-one coaching and um, a lot of public speaking. So that brings us right to our subject today, which is talking about soft skills and making the case for the importance of them in education. So I was interested, Pamela, how much do you think soft skills play a role in what you do at New Heights on a daily basis? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, just huge. Like, and I've never really I've never really thought about it um in in the terms of the way that you're using it. But Okay. Um, you know, dealing with families um that a lot of times when people come to us, the world has beat them down so much that they don't even see value in themselves anymore. So you mm-hmm. you have to kind of gauge someone and, and try to reach them in different ways. But then also it's huge for having volunteers from around the world. Some of our volunteers barely speak English, and um, they've – it has helped me personally be more patient, um, not take things to heart, and then also trying to work with them. Not, And I've made it a point to, you know, never pry into their personal lives, but if they want to mm-hmm. share, then I want to know because I do care about them. But there's this really fine line of, um, you know, you're focusing on a mission, on not the negative but the positive, what do you share? What do you share that you agree on? And then you build from there. So, see, and I think all oh, that's a soft skill. That's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> yes. I heard things like patience and understanding and communication, and those are definitely all examples of soft skills and so important. We think of education and we traditionally think of the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, and of course sciences are all very important too. But more and more, I think that even universities, high schools are understanding the importance of soft skills and trying to incorporate that into their programs that they offer. And, you know, I've heard a number of different people when I was working in the Chamber of Commerce world, we had an educational component to what we did because that directly affected the businesses that we supported. We wanted to make sure that we were doing our part in communicating the businesses' needs to the educators that were providing the education. And time and time again, what we heard from the businesses was that it was the soft skills that were lacking. Can um, these students, can the new employees show up for work on time? Can they get along in the environment? Can they communicate? Can they? Do they know how to present themselves well? All those kind of things really which are soft skills are what we were hearing even when I was at Chamber of Commerce. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co.
So to explain a little bit more, give a little stronger definition of what soft skills are, they are equated with emotional intelligence. Uh, It also includes things like compromise and active listening, leadership, and even humor. These are all things that are considered soft skills. On the other hand, hard skills are the things that are typically taught in school. What we've already mentioned, the the arithmetic and the science, technology, those are hard skills. Uh, Those are things that are quantifiable. Soft skills are a little bit harder to quantify. You can't necessarily test them on a written test document. But there's also things like safety standards and machine operation, computer programming. These are all hard skills that can be measured opposed to soft skills that that really can't. So I wanted to go ahead and cite a couple of studies, two in particular, and use these two studies along with my own personal experiences. I've come up with my top five list of soft skills that I think are most important for success. And we're kind of talking about success in as much as preparing students ultimately to be successful in the workplace. That's really, I think, ultimately what education is a lot about. So these are things that employers have identified as as desirable. The, the first study I wanted to re- reference took place last year is actually from a doctoral student at Walden University. And she did a a study on the soft skills perceived by students and employers as relevant to getting a job. And she, from this, uh, she said that it was important to tell people that the recommendations from this study sparked the creation of a mandatory three-day professional development training program for students to enhance their soft skills before entering the future workplace. Before I give away the particular skills from that, I just wanted to let you know that that they developed a three-day training program just on this study because that's how important these soft skills are. The second study took place in the state of Washington. In this study, 2,000 businesses were surveyed, and these employers said that students for entry-level positions were lacking in several soft skills area. And so they think that's why you'll see soft skills popping up actually in job descriptions themselves right next to the technical qualifications. These 2,000 employers agree that tech skills may get you the job, but soft skills will get and keep the job. That's how the saying goes. So my own experiences with this um, I, my my most recent book, Don't Date a Dud, is actually going to be the focus of, we've, I've been talking anyway, I should say, to Heidelberg University in Jiffin, Ohio, about teaching a course in emotional intelligence based on the book, Don't Date a Dud. The really cool thing that I'm excited about that Heidelberg University is doing is that starting next year, they will require their students to take 12 hours of emotional training credits per year 
for a total of 48 to graduate. So that really says something that the universities are making emotional intelligence a requirement in their educational offerings, a requirement to graduate. So I'm really excited about that. I think that uh, they're really setting their precedence, and there's more and more examples of that all around. But but there you go. Wow. So, That's incredible. I didn't know that. Yes. That, I mean, people have been talking about this emotional intelligence for a number of years now, and it, it takes a little while to, to make change. But I think you'll see it more and more places where it's cropping up as – a requirement to graduate not only in in college, but I think more and more we'll start seeing that in the high school level too. <clears throat> I've I've heard different sayings, and where there's been proven or not, some of the self help gurus like Brian Tracy and people like that say that 80% of our success is dependent on our relationship skills, where the 20% is your technical training. Obviously, both are really important, so it's certainly not to diminish the critical importance of of knowledge, but also just to add to it the importance of paying attention to soft skills as well. So would you like to hear the top five list? Yes, Pamela? Please. Yes. <laughs> okay. So these are not necessarily in particular order, although the last one I will give you is by far considered number one by everyone, that in both of these studies and by myself. So the other four are not in any particular order. So the first one I will give you is teamwork and collaboration. Does that sound right, Pamela? Yes, it does. How often do you have all about that? (laughs) (laughs) With 75 volunteers, I'm sure you're doing some collaboration. Yes. Yeah. That's the ability to work with individuals from diverse backgrounds. That's what collaboration is defined as. Uh, Teamwork also involves flexibility and adaptability, cooperativeness, and respectfulness. Teamwork is working collaboratively in groups. Um, Employers are seeking to recruit individuals who pay attention to the relations with peers and superiors. That's important, not just to the technical tasks, but also to the relations. So the next one, work ethic. This is a minimum requirement to be to work on time. Let, let's talk about that a little bit more. It surprises me how often sometimes the younger generation doesn't find that necessarily important. But um, and not everyone, of course. But um, I think we just get so rushed. Maybe that's what it is. We get so rushed and try to squeeze everything in and don't necessarily allow time for traffic or time to park the car and walk into the building. But just a little tip, I found it really important to plan to be someplace you need to go 15 minutes early. Then it takes a lot of stress off of yourself, for one. And if you do run into a little traffic, then you're not sitting there really panicked because it's going to keep you from being on time. And I really found, too, that if you show up to an appointment early, it tends to increase your employer's confidence in you. 
So that really speaks to reliability and just trusting that you're going to perform the minimum of being there on time. And also another part of work ethic is is meeting job deadlines. Or And do you have a good attitude while you're at work? And are you being accountable for your own actions? These kind of things. Do you wear the proper dress code, proper attire, work ethic? Those things are one of the top five. The next one on the list is conflict resolution. And remember back to my story about Dr. Marion and him saying that he spent so much of his day just in conflict resolution among other human personal interaction skills. So he really supported the, the use of this one on the list. And in conflict resolution, it's expanding your ability to just identify the problem and then generate solutions for that problem. I've often found that it's really helpful to do the old T-chart. Do you remember those, Pamela? Hmm, I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, just write the, the problem at the top and your possible solutions, and then put the pros and cons to each solution. Um, Just write the pros in a column and the cons in a column. It's just such a simple little thing to do. But I think writing things down makes them more clear. And you somehow just making, going through the process of making yourself write things down just makes you think of more things, and then you have the opportunity to look back at it, and it just somehow looks a little bit more clear, and there's a more all-encompassing list in front of yourself. It makes it easier to make a decision, I think, if you have time. Sometimes you don't have time to sit down and write down pros and cons, but I think the more you do that as an exercise, the easier it is to do it without writing it down the next time. It develops those conflict resolution skills. So one more here real quickly is called critical observation. And this is, it's important to many companies to collect data. On a daily basis, each one of us are collecting data. If you think about it, just to live our daily lives, we read the newspaper and we are constantly fed information on TV and on radio right here today and from social media. So in critical observation, this is a skill of taking that data and how well can you analyze that information and then interpret it into action steps. So that was the fourth one. Fifth one, and this is number one, according to every study that we've mentioned here today and many more, and also my own observation, and that is communication skills. This is the number one skill by far. And this doesn't mean that you have to be a brilliant speaker or writer, but it does mean that you have to be able to calmly explain what you mean. Uh, You've heard the saying, we have two ears and one mouth to be able to listen twice as much as we speak. I think that listening is a really important part of being an effective communicator. Um, Good communication definitely involves active listening. So there you have it. That's the top five soft skills. So I like to think about these in terms of relationships, too. 
um, these are equally beneficial to one-on-one relationships, each one of these skills. So I think that they have double importance in life when we take the time to, it's worth the effort to work on these constantly. And as parents, our role is to provide the best possible preparation for our children so they can grow to reach their full potential. That's really, I think, what our underlying goal is. And as students, their role while they're in school is to learn all they can. And as middle and high school students, they're really just discovering their talents. And it's a great time of transition from childhood to adulthood. There's so much going on. And I know students want to play sports and get involved in activities and make friends. Um, I'd also like to really push the thought in their heads that they also want to learn all that they can in addition to book knowledge about soft skills, particularly the five we mentioned today. So uh, I wanted to put a few thoughts out there about how to go ahead and find some ways of increasing one's ability in these soft skill areas. One suggestion would be to take a writing or public speaking course. This is really great at boosting communication skills, and I can hear a lot of people just shaking in their shoes right now. One of the biggest fears on most people's list is public speaking. But if you take a little class that's private, then um, you don't have to worry about performing or being judged. It's just an exercise to get more comfortable in it. And like any exercise, any sport that you would do, the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. Another idea, of course, is to get involved with the student advisory group at New Heights and develop leadership skills there. And, of course, volunteering is great as well. And, of course, there's many opportunities at New Heights for that as well. And finding a mentor is great. Um, I'm, and you could probably speak to all these things as far as what New Heights has to offer in that area, Pamela. Many people are willing to step up and be a mentor. What, what would you advise sure. to connect with at New Heights in that area? For the mentorship, we offer a right. lot of we offer a lot of things locally. We've we've made partnerships with many businesses in the area. So if somebody has a specific talent or something that they want to uh, look into, they can go and job shadow. Um, they can even you know job shadow me or. Um, they, you know, it's kind of wide open because we offer so much. I mean, the positions yeah. we have here at New Heights, we have over 41 positions right now. So there's there's plenty for someone to do, um, whether it's volunteering or needing a mentor or whatever. It's definitely something we could help with. Those are incredible opportunities. You know, when I really, starting out in my career, and I didn't get to cover this, but I did a ton of volunteering, and it wasn't with the intent of leading to a career, but when my children were real little, I wanted to be able to stay at home with them while they were real small up until they went to kindergarten. And I did some work from home with a company that we had, but I but I spent a lot of time with the kids, too. 
so I I was the president of the PTO and I've done nursery school and I did the United Way and so many different volunteer things. And I just did it for enjoyment and to be involved in the community and and help out in the community. But next thing you know, I'm listing all these things right on my resume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great opportunities for people to, and I would certainly recommend, I would certainly suggest that my own skills were developed through those volunteer opportunities and and not to mention, they really can count on a resume as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's, sometimes it's hard to get those first bits of experience, just get your foot in the door. And, and volunteering is another way of getting experience before you actually get that first job, whenever that might be. So that, that has many purposes for volunteering. And, right. of course, when we're... The, uh, one more way, of course, to improve soft skills and to just be thinking about them more and incorporating them into your life is to listen to this show, which I will be back next Thursday at 6.30 and every Thursday to talk about all kinds of dating and relationships and love and all kinds of fun, fluffy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned some things today that I normally don't even think about that I do. <laughs> I guess I should add some of that to my resume. Hi, <laughs> and, and so that's a good point because quite often probably we are utilizing, many people are utilizing their social skills and their soft skills on a daily basis, but you write, you don't think about it as something to write on a resume because we're so concerned about with the to-do list and the accomplishment list and how many dollars and all those kind of things that we've that we've done so right I think I predict that in time you will also see soft skills showing up on a resume as well yeah it wouldn't surprise me I I would like to see that actually I mean I I've had a lot of issues you've talked about (laughs) with young people that's come in but they don't have hardly any soft skills uh-huh. It takes time. It takes time. I think just adjusting our mental perspective and, and accepting the fact that it's important makes all the difference in the world because it's okay. It's okay to work on communication skills. Valuable thing to do. Well, thank okay, you. Thanks. And next week, everyone, right? Uh, yeah. Be there. Thanks so much, Pamela. Thank you. Great. Have a good day, everybody. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom. 
a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Thank you.